The New York Knicks are ah, 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 staying alive. 112 to 103 over the Miami Heat in game five. We got lots to talk about. Warrior performances from Jalen Brunson and Quentin Grimes playing the full 48. RJ Barrett continuing his playoff renaissance. A tale of two halves for Julius Randle and much more next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up, up. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks, and we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. And if you're an everydayer or you want to become an everydayer, make sure that you hit that notification bell or the auto-download function on your favorite podcast apps. You never miss an episode. We're here five days a week, if not more. In fact, today we'll be here twice because we're going to do this episode recapping the game and then a second episode recapping the good, the bad, and the things to repeat uh, from this game going into game six. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief and Nick Sight, the Strickland, which you can find on the Strick.land. He's Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And the Knicks are... Still in this series, 112-103. Much to uh much to the chagrin of us, Gavin, after we <laughs> both predicted that they would lose this game the other day. But this was a totally different Knicks team. So it's it's tough to judge them the same way, right? Like the way that they played the other day was a defeated team that seemed like they were resigned to just being done, couldn't get offensive rebound or couldn't get defensive rebounds down the stretch, allowed offensive rebounds, allowed all kinds of sloppy plays that eventually let the heat win that game the other day this game tightened it all up and got absolute warrior performances out of a number of guys including jalen brunson and quentin grimes who really had a lot to do with the knicks closing this game out down the stretch yeah i mean look look at the adjustments from tom thibodeau right and i think that is partially why you saw a different team but then you you go back to the first quarter of this game and alex i i was not as, as down bad as you were last game, I, I wasn't coming on here and saying like, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay. If the Knicks lose um, game game five, and I'm not saying that to, to roast you. I'm saying that because in this first quarter, I knew exactly what you felt. Finally, and I was watching this game. I was watching Julius Randle jogging around again, leaving Kevin love um, for a back cut on literally the first play of this game. And I was there with you. And I was saying, I'm ready for this season to be over because I I don't want to watch this anymore. It's too painful because this is the antithesis of a team that scrapped and clawed and fought for everything all year round. And the Miami Heat, much like the New York Knicks did to the Cleveland Cavaliers, have broken us. And I'm 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 done with it. I'm 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 ready for a 10. And then an 18 to 2 run in the second quarter, Obi Toppin. Jalen Brunson, absolutely brilliant. RJ Barrett making big shots. Quinton Grimes, who had averaged um, less than 20 minutes per game the first three games of this series, plays every second, comes up big in that stretch. And then 
down to the end of the game. I mean, we can we can just list it off one by one. Mitchell Robinson, who is like one for 300 from the foul line in the playoffs, hits four of six when the Heat go Hakimich down the stretch. R.J. Barrett, one or two boneheaded plays aside, was brilliant with his shot, making Julius Randle complete 180 from the first half. Quentin Grimes, I'm going to paraphrase our friend Tom Piccolo, broke his, like, seemingly, like, like broke his leg. Like, it looked really bad. Like, he couldn't put a lot of pressure on it. Gets into a stance and goes ahead and strips everyone's favorite future Hall of Famer, Jimmy Butler, and then Jalen Brunson. I'll, I'll cede the floor to you, Alex. I mean, what a brilliant, perfect game. The best performance from a Nick since I started watching this team. And I, I just as a fan, I mean, one one of the best I can ever remember. Yeah, and I think it's I think that makes it that much more crazy that I'm about to highlight Grimes's play that you just mentioned first before I even get to Jalen Brunson and the amazing job that he did because that Grimes play to me, if the Knicks manage to pull this thing off and win in seven games somehow, that'll be the play that's shown on like the highlight packages. I yeah. think of like. This was the play that like personified the fact that, okay, maybe the Knicks looked dead in the water after four games, but they weren't done, and then they came through and did this. And honestly, even years from now, like like with the moments that we have thinking about that 12-13 team that was so magical to us 10 years ago, mm-hmm. like that particular moment is going to stick with me as the defining moment of oh, this yeah. team. Like that was just the most ballsy play I've ever seen. Like it just – First off, to get hit by an illegal screen by Bam Adebayo, his signature move. That's like mm-hmm. if he was, uh, if he was uh, uh, the Rock, that would be his rock bottom or the Stone Cold Stunner or whatever. Bam Adebayo sets the illegal screen to try to win every game. Uh, but you know, he he runs into that, bangs his knee, looked horrible. I mean, he got up and was like limping like crazy, and then manages to keep Jimmy Butler in front of him. You can see him literally in real time, like decide. Whatever, if I blow my leg out, I blow my leg out, but I'm going to get this stop right now. Yeah. Gets the stop and turns the ball over, and, and that becomes like the key play for the Knicks in this game to to stop the Heat, who were still sort of threatening at that point, and say, no, this is it. We're shutting the door. Like This is this is the end of this game, period. Um, just a fantastic play by Grimes, and honestly, a fantastic game. Like he, first off, you know, yeah, 48 minutes, awesome, but he did such a good job on Jimmy Butler – Yep, that exactly what we said needed to happen happened where he stayed on Butler the whole game and they did not relentlessly double him. And that, I think, almost more than anything in this game, which again is saying a ton considering how great Jalen Brunson was, that was maybe the biggest thing to this game because it finally allowed the Knicks to somewhat contain the heat defensively. Yeah, it was that was the shift that we were begging for from Tom Thibodeau and it led to guys like Gabe Vincent. Like, I mean, part of it was just that he wasn't having a good night, but being off the floor because they weren't getting those open threes. They weren't getting those swing swing sequences. And exactly as we said on this podcast, Alex, like they couldn't beat the Knicks one-on-one and they had to resort to different things offensively, a little bit more bam isolation, like getting Duncan Robinson off of dribble handoffs. Um, I, I'm I'm running out of things because there wasn't like Kyle Lowry hit like a couple of big threes. Like they, they got out in transition and turned the Knicks over a few times. Like Miami's an incredibly resilient, tough as nails. Like they did not have a good three point shooting game in this one and they still could have won it. But the Knicks 
did everything they had to do defensively. And and credit to Tibbs for making that change. But man, credit to Grimes because it wasn't always like these spectacular moments. And like if you weren't really watching him, you wouldn't have noticed them. But just it it was it wasn't about the shots that he forced Butler to miss. It was about the shots that never got taken. And I also want to shout out um, Isaiah Hartenstein um, in that respect because I, I thought he did a great job when he was in the game mirroring Grimes and, and being a secondary guy contesting on Butler because they didn't have the straight-up double teams, but what they did have is great help on the interior when Butler got in. Alex, I want to um, talk about Jalen Brunson. How about we take a quick break, we come back, and we, we, we get into him because, again, it's, it's, it's crazy we've gone 10 minutes and not, not gone in depth on, on again. Let me, let, me, let, me just, let me just read the stat line out. Uh, for everyone at home, 48 minutes did not sit for a second in this ball game. 38 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, 12 of 22 from the field, four of 10 from three, 10 of 12 from the line, one for the ages. We're going to talk about in just a sec. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, first I got to remind everybody about eBay Motors. And for a championship team, Maybe that's the Knicks if Jalen Brunson plays like this every game. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit like Jalen Brunson on the New York Knicks. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or your money back. I took advantage of this myself. I've got a a Toyota Prius. It's a brand new car that I bought uh, towards the end of last year. And one of my hubcaps just went flying off on the highway. I went to the dealer. They were like, no, you're going to have to pay for that. I was like, what? Why isn't that included in warranty? They were going to try to charge me like way too much money. So where did I go? I went to eBay Motors and I got it for way cheaper uh, because it's better when you don't shop at dealerships. Don't shop at your dealership. Go to go somewhere else. (laughs) Anyway, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Gavin, we're back to continue talking about this Knicks win over the Miami Heat and a gutsy win it was, a gutsy performance from Jalen Brunson. I know you read it right before the break, but I'm going to read it again anyway because it's a great stat line to read. Jalen Brunson, 38 points, 12 of 22 shooting, 4 of 10 from 3, 10 of 12 from the free throw line, ever critical for this Knicks team right now. Nine rebounds, seven assists, and just – an absolutely fantastic performance on offense. That you know, we've been talking about this for games now, and it, I guess it just you know the fact that he scored as much as he did in 48 minutes in this game really underscores it more. But he has had to deal with so much attention from the Heat. I mean, every time he comes up the floor, they're pretty much looking to double him right now, and they're kind of doing like they're almost. It's funny because we just talked about it last segment, but like they're doing like an actually good version of what the Knicks were trying to do on Jimmy Butler for, you know, the, the whole series, which is they're selling out hard on him and then they're forcing it to guys that it weren't making threes previously and finally did in this game for the Knicks. But like their, their strategy has been to get the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands at all costs. And yet he still went out there and scored 38 points in this game. This was, this was one for the ages. I mean, this is like, especially given the stakes. Yeah. Probably the best game by a Knicks since like 
something Sprewell did in 99. You know what I mean? Like, like in those high pressure uh, yeah. situations, like this is, this is that level of game, I think. And we'll see how it ends up going. Maybe the Knicks don't make it out of game six, but no matter what, like Brunson is already making his mark in, in the Knicks lore, I think. Yeah, so we we, we, we got to have a conversation from a league-wide perspective. Jalen Brunson in this series now, 29 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds a game, shooting 48% from the field, 31% from three, 89% from the line. Who, like, we're, we're in the final eight, right? Like, we, 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 we didn't think we'd be here, but we're in the final eight. Who is playing better than him right now in the NBA? Nikola Jokic is definitely playing better than him. Devin Booker is definitely playing better than him. Jimmy Butler... Maybe. Who am I forgetting here, Alex? Is that is that the list? You could say Anthony Davis. You could I would I'd probably say Steph, but honestly, it's close between those two. Let's see yeah. how the we I don't know how tonight's game is going. Maybe he's going off, but the fact that he is in eight teams left, conference semifinals, he's in that conversation right now. Top five player in the league, active at this moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I was gonna say Steph as well. Uh, I don't know, maybe depending on the day, you could say Harden. Like, I know Harden yeah. has had. Harden's really had him, but Brunson hasn't had a two-game stretch where he shot five for 28 either. No. Yeah, yeah I, I mean. Embiid at, like, his peak, yeah, but he's had two or three good games in the series mm-hmm. against the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, Brunson has just been, he's, for as inconsistent as the rest of his teammates have been, he has been the definition of consistent in the in these playoffs. And I guess that, is just sort of what we should expect. I mean, that was largely the story throughout the regular season too. You know, I mean, he had one or two stretches where he didn't play quite as well. He had the one cold shooting stretch. I struggle to remember what the exact like date range that was, but there was that one little cold stretch during the season, but otherwise he's kind of just doing what he's what he's done for the Knicks all year, which is just give them this dependable source of offense that cannot be deterred no matter what you throw at him. Um the fact that he does all this too at at the size of him like is just insane to me. I mean, I I struggle to think who has had this much of an impact at Brunson's size, like scoring the basketball in recent years. And I wonder if is was it maybe like that one year of Isaiah Thomas for the Celtics? Like, I mean, just what he does every single night is is fantastic. I I, I can't even like quite describe it because I still don't fully understand how he's able to create offense as well as he does, given the limitations put on him by like size and athleticism. And yet he just does it every single game with just pure like dribbling ability, footwork, and perfect timing on shots and floaters and and just like a perfect control of his body getting inside. I mean, there was it there was one play in this game. I don't know why this sticks out to me, but like very simple, like he got a, a pass on the inside. I think it was from Hartenstein, I want to say. That was passing like from the free throw line. Either way, like Brunson made a nice cut and caught a pass and had to challenge Bam out of bio directly and created enough space to like put it up with his left hand, not get blocked, which like we've seen bigger, stronger guys on this very team get blocked, like RJ Barrett, like running straight into someone like that. Yeah. And yet Brunson just always finds a way. I mean, he's like <laughs> he's like the epitome of like uh uh the uh, the line from Jurassic Park, like life finds a way. You know, Brunson finds a way. He always yeah. finds a way to score. He's we should appreciate him. And luckily he's on a long-term 
contract with the Knicks. So we've got at minimum three more years to appreciate him going forward too. It, he's he's just such a joy to watch. And this game was like just exhibit A. Yeah, I, I, I hate to invoke this guy right now, but I, I got to do my best Bill Simmons here because this this was an FU game from Jalen Brunson. Miami, like you can't argue it. Like maybe they're not the best defense in the NBA though. Down Tyler Hero, um, who is, is a big negative on that end. It was maybe the only thing keeping them from being top five all year. I would posit that they're in they're in that type of conversation, right? But what no one argues is that they're the toughest team in the NBA. And 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 the Knicks came into this series. They I, I said it earlier, they thought they were the bullies on the block, and Miami like gave them a taste of their own medicine. And, and Jalen Brunson said, I'm not going out like that. I'm not going out of my home court like that. And this Knicks team that looked nervous and rickety and only had 12 points in the first eight minutes of this game, Alex, didn't score for over the final four minutes of the first quarter of this game. And Jalen Brunson said, nah, we're not going out like that. Like the way he pile drove this team to that 18 to two run, like hitting OB for that lob, like making the extra pass that ended up with an RJ Barrett three to get that run started. And then he got his scoring started, like guard to guard screen, one foot teardrop, went at um, Hayward Highsmith, had an and one cross behind into like a huge three with about two minutes left in the half. And then, like, somehow top that in the second half. Like, toasting Kyle Lowry, that rainbow three over Jimmy Butler. Like, he, he he's Harry Houdini. Like, he, he's an answer for everything. To your point, he is an escape for everything. He can make every single shot. He's a guy who, at least from a scoring perspective, similar to, like, there are very few names I would invoke here. Honestly, like, the first one I think of is Kobe Bryant. He has mastered scoring the basketball in this league. He is an absolute superstar, and the Knicks should do everything possible, win or lose this series, to capitalize on the fact that he is on an absurdly cheap contract because he, I, I think it's going to be the best deal in the NBA in a year or two. Like I, I think this is a guy who's about to enter that perennial all-star conversation. As good as he was last playoffs, as good as he was in the regular season, Alex, I think he's ascending before our eyes to a different tier right now. Yeah, and... Just a like a, a quick note of perspective, you know, going into his next year, you know, w- with that value that you mentioned, he's making like 27 million annual value, something like that. Not even quite that much, I don't think. Or I guess it's, yeah, like not quite 27 million annual value. There are guys in this league that by the end of their contracts are going to be making $60 million right now. I mean, he is making quite literally half of what Damian Lillard makes and, for and it's descending and it's yeah. descending. and descending. And like, yeah, you're right. They, they really have, have captured lightning in a bottle here with Brunson. Like this is, this is the sort of move that you always hope that your team can make where usually you hope it happens in the draft or something, but finding that like next superstar and getting them at below market value is how you bring your team to a new level. And the Knicks are now well on their way because they have a Jalen Brunson who is as good as he is on as great of a value of a contract as he is. So I'm with you, you know, whether they, whether they last one more game in these playoffs, whether they force game seven, whether they win and they go to the Eastern conference finals, no matter what they, they found their building block here and it's Jalen Brunson. Like this is the guy that you build around. And now it's all about finding the right roster to, to take advantage of that because he's, he's that good on offense that he can, he can lead a team that can really do some damage in the playoffs. Speaking of guys that are ascending though, we have 
RJ Barrett to talk about in just a moment. Mitchell Robinson, who had a really great game. Julius Randle and Obi Toppin, who had sort of – it was like a tale of two halves because Julius really did not have a great first half, but had a, a pretty good second half. Uh, so we got a lot more to talk about. That will be coming up in our next segment on Locked on Knicks. All right, and we're back to continue talking about this game. And, Gavin, there's so much to talk about. We've so far gotten through Quentin Grimes and Jalen Brunson, who deservedly got a full, robust segment because he was just freaking awesome in this game. But I think we need to give a shout-out to R.J. Barrett as well, who continued his fantastic play these playoffs, uh, at least ever since Game 3 versus Cleveland. Things have been completely different for him. Uh, 26 points for R.J., uh, 8 of 17 shooting, 3 of 8 from 3, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. Again, I'll highlight anyone who shoots really well from the free throw line for the Knicks because that has been such yeah. a problem for them, and, and in particular for R.J. Barrett for like this whole year. Plus had 7 boards, 2 assists. Uh, as usual in this playoffs, I think that he just was he was leveraging the advantages given to him so well in this game, using that to create scoring opportunities for himself. He hit enough three-pointers to be considered dangerous, you know, hitting three of eight of them where you have to start respecting him, got inside and managed to do some good stuff in there. I mean, I just, I thought that he had a, a just another fantastic game. And once again, especially if you want to talk start to finish was the Knicks second best player in this game. And I don't think it was particularly close. I, I, I think the last round we were shocked by his passing um, last round and this round continuing, I, I like, I wouldn't blame the NBA for like, I, I don't even want to put this out there. I wouldn't blame the NBA for doing a PED test. Um, and not that that would even make sense to explain what's happening with him, but his touch, Alex, like we have talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast that if he had a fatal flaw and if there was a reason that I didn't believe that RJ bear could eventually be what he is looking like, which is like a top three or four player on like a conference finals, NBA finals, potentially level team. Like I thought the touch was like going to be the thing that held him back, whether it's from three point range, but even more so around the basket and from floater range. And now it just feels like he's automatic on those shots. Like the one, I don't know if you remember this play, but it was his fourth quarter or maybe it was like late third, but he had like Lowry on a post up and it was like late shot clock and he got the ball and he just, he just drained a seven footer. And as he was taking, I found myself 100% sure that the shot would go in when for basically his entire tenure, I would have been 100% sure that that shot wouldn't have gone in. And he's making those push shots. He's he's and 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 then you combine that with the athleticism um, and and at points this year, we had very real questions about that. We looked lethargic. It looked like he couldn't blow by anyone. It looked like he couldn't keep up with anyone. It looked like he couldn't close out properly without getting toasted. And now second game in a row. He is toasting Jimmy Butler off the dribble, but then having the basketball IQ and the patience to pump fake, send Bam out of bio, flying out of his shoes and laying it in. And then on the other end of the floor, sticking with Jimmy Butler on a drive and swatting him. And all I can write down, my guy is growing up. That was such a moment uh, because we always talk about Butler as the model for him like that. It's not a baton passing because Butler is incredible. He's a far better player and will be for probably maybe forever, but man, that was a moment for RJ Barrett. And then final thing I want to mention is I don't even want to acknowledge that, that five second violation that made me want to punch a hole in my TV. Um, the, like this might be like one of my favorite plays of his career, like mid fourth quarter attacks, Gabe Vincent draws Jimmy Butler over 
doesn't force up a shot, doesn't try to throw it back up. It was premeditated. He knew he would draw Butler. He pivoted through a pocket pass to Mitchell Robinson for a dunk. That is maturation. I, I, I will, I will see the mic, Alex, because I, I could do this for another 20 minutes, but I, I can't say enough good things about RJ Barrett. Yeah, you ended right on the play that I wanted to highlight anyway. I thought that was that was my highlight of the game for RJ. Mm-hmm. That's that's the play right there where like I could see in a previous game, even earlier in this postseason, him mm-hmm. being like, Oh, I gotta attack Gabe Vincent right now because this is the, it's being served to me on a platter. And yet he was more patient. He waited for Butler to help over because Butler thought, Oh, this is RJ Barrett. I can I can get the better of this guy real quick and slap the ball out of his hands. And yet he waited till exactly the right moment. And then just, I don't even know how he got the pass in there. I mean, when it happened live, that was like one of the only plays in this game that made me actually just do like the like, ooh, yeah. ooh, that play. Like that was just beautiful. He wraps it around both Vincent and Butler somehow, just using the length that he has and just getting it under Butler's arm and getting it perfectly in the pocket for Mitch for that dunk. I mean, just that one just underscored it for me. I mean, RJ might've only had two assists in this game, but once again, influenced the game with good decision-making and, and just in general, good play. And that's all you can ask. Like all you can ask is that the good outweighs the bad. So you can, you can absorb one boneheaded five second violation in exchange for all the other great things that he provided in the game. And I actually feel I should note too, it it showed through in the plus minus. He was the highest plus minus on the team in this game with a plus 17, which yeah. might have something to do with the fact that Brunson and Grimes literally played the entire game. Um, <laughs> that theirs wouldn't be higher. But yeah, it was uh it was a fantastic game for RJ. A not complete fantastic game, though, belonged to Julius Randle. Yeah. And his his game was weird. The first half, he was an active detriment to the team. Like, there's no other way to put it. I really, during that first half, was thinking to myself, like, well, I guess this is it for this season. And honestly, this offseason, they should look to move on. (laughs) Like, I was really thinking along those lines. Because especially, like, Obi Topping came in and was great in the first half. Like, Obi comes in, total spark plug. Like, he, I'm looking at the box score, and I cannot believe that he only had two points in total. But such important two points, but more importantly, like, so they were on a breakaway dunk and that like started this whole big run for the Knicks. But then he was getting after the boards in a way that Randall wasn't like Randall just looked extremely apathetic in the first half. He was like, like he got hit in the face early. Um, and that just seemed to like, it didn't ring his bell. Like he didn't get like punched in the head or like hit like a football player or something, but like it clearly scratched him under his eye. It annoyed him that he didn't get, you know, the call that he wanted there or something, you know, whatever Julius Randall things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this was after he started the game off by making a three. So like he thought like, oh, maybe things are going to be better. And then he just lollygagged his way through the whole first half. And then second half, totally different. He was so much better. And honestly, ends the game with a really complete stat line, like 24 points, seven to 13 shooting, four, seven from three, only six to 10 from the free throw line. But you could live with that five, five boards, five assists, like, and was starting to do good Julius Randle things like like passing out of high pressure situations on offense and you know finding shooters and all the great things you want to see and like so as great as Brunson and Grimes were like the Knicks probably don't win this game if not for Julius Randle coming in and doing what he did in the second half and so like props to him and like I just hope that that's what we see out of him if he plays like that the whole rest of this of this series like 
Maybe there will be more of a series. Maybe it'll go beyond game six. Maybe they'll force a game seven. Like he's probably going to be the key. And if he plays yeah. like he did in that second half, they might force a game seven. They might pull off. What did RJ say after the game? There's only 13 teams have ever done that. They might become the 14th team to ever come back from 3-1 down. Who knows? Yeah, and look, I've I've been throwing this caveat around and like maybe didn't do a good enough job of, of saying it after game four where we were, I think, both like maybe rightfully for the moment, just infuriated with the guy. It is it is so clear to me that he is is hobbled and and even and that's that's what made his second half performance like all the more impressive like you could tell he was going at like like he would repeatedly and like and I I think if Miami like we could talk about it more next pod but if Miami's gonna make an adjustment they're gonna tell Bam to like sit off him and and never bite on a pump fake and and dare him to make threes even though he made a few in this game as you could tell in the second half Randall wanted to pump fake. He wanted to drive by Bam. And the only way he could do it was if Bam was like scrambling and, and off balance. Um, so I, I got to say that at first. And then I also got to note, it still looks so, so bad when he is somehow like still not running. And we see him able to run sometimes, but like literally on the first play of this game, I noted it earlier, like got back cut by Kevin Love because he just, he didn't, he didn't recognize what was happening quick enough. And I think sometimes during the regular season, he has plays like that but he's fast enough to recover. He's not fast enough to recover right now. So that looks really bad. Um, had another one, like another, just like total brain fart play where he like, like the Knicks are, are switching everything right now. He forgot they were doing that. He lingered on Gabe Vincent late into the shot clock, um, forced RJ bear to scramble out to get a contest on his guy and Kevin love. And then Jimmy Butler crashes and gets the put back. You, you watch that play live. You're like, all right, RJ, you got to box out. You, 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 you scroll back, you watch it two or three times. Tom Thibodeau would say, watch it maybe five times. I don't know. You would see that that was on Julius Randle. There is a cascading negative effect to his defense in the first half. And then the second half, like, man, I'm going to I'm gonna put him in the same status as, as Jalen Brunson and Quentin Grimes. The guy was an absolute warrior and much like um, in game two, made the right play after the right play, right play. Like, like had two, two different times where it was literally the exact same sequence. Like pump fake by Bam get to the rim, Euro step, kick out to Grimes on the left wing. Grimes rotates it over. Jalen Brunson hits a three. And, and that that starts with Julius applying rim pressure. And that, that's why you got to have him in there over in Obi Toppin because Obi Toppin, for all the great stuff he does, and Obi was really good in this game, Alex, like he can't he can't do that. Um, had one more like play where he was doubled, had a last second pass to RJ Barrett for a layup. Like he was, he, he just, he did what he had to do in the second half of this game. Yeah, and that's all you can ask out of Randall. Right. And it's, I, I just, I guess I just appreciate it. And to your point, you know, maybe he is still hobbled. Like, look, I think it is a little under acknowledged the fact that he's playing on a ankle that he sprained twice yes. in the course of a matter of weeks, which is tough. Like that is really tough to, to play through and to pain manage enough to be able to go out there and play high level basketball. But even so I still, you know, just like I dogged everybody for it last game, but especially Randall, like the lack of sense of urgency. It's like, you know, there is no tomorrow. Like there's there's no tomorrow left if you lose this game. So why not go out there and give it your all? You have all offseason to recover then. And, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone how to pain manage their body or whatever, but just speaking from personal experience, if I was in that situation, you know, that that's where you say, yeah, you know what? Like this is, there's no tomorrow like just play whatever happens happens and my sprained ankle will heal over the next few months you know or we'll advance and then we'll maybe get a little time off or something you know like between rounds and then i'll get to heal then um but 
yeah, th- this game, he showed it. I mean, he had that sense of urgency in the second half, and something must have clicked for him at halftime. Maybe uh, Johnny Bryant seems to be like the Randall Whisperer. Maybe he came up to him with an iPad or something and was like, watch these like three or four plays in the first half and tell me. I think I think it was the exact quote that Randall said was like, Johnny Bryant came up to him after last season, like during the offseason. It was like, mm. tell me right now if if you would want to be this guy's teammate and like showed him like footage of Randall throughout the season and stuff. Maybe something like that happened in the at halftime of this game because he did. He came out like a totally different player and it completely changed things for the Knicks too because then they were able to absorb counter punches from the Heat and come through and win this game and keep them at arm's length long enough to to just finish this game off despite the fact that the Heat came knocking a few times. Uh, another big part of that was Mitchell Robinson though, who I feel like we should we should highlight here uh, before we start wrapping up the show. But I thought Mitch had a great game as well. Like, Talk about a guy who got tested in multiple ways in this game, like got subjected to hack a Mitch late in the game and actually came through with two free throws, uh, which was amazing. That was like that maybe got the biggest pop out of the garden all night was yeah. Mitch making two free throws in a row uh, after getting intentionally targeted. Uh, and then just his his presence on the boards was backed. Like I just felt like Mitch Mitch found himself again in this game. Because uh, him, you know, much like everybody else, you know, was struggling to get like defensive and offensive rebounds in the previous games of the series because it just seemed like they were never in the right position. They weren't hustling enough. That was not an issue at all for Mitch in this game. And I actually, I want to correct myself on something I said during the Brunson segment. I misremembered it. It was Mitch that made the pass to Brunson for that great finish over yes. out of bio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a fantastic play. And like, because I, I was just rewatching his rebounds uh, as as I was getting ready to talk about him here, and like, I mean, that play was phenomenal, and and it just showed the type of heads up effort that Mitch had all night, where he was getting those offensive rebounds, and then not like he was being smart about not just trying to immediately go up for it and then getting stripped or whatever, because he's starting to realize, and all the Knicks I think are starting to realize that he'd have really fast hands, and if there's one thing that the heat are like mega, mega elite at, it's that generating turnovers via strips in the Mm. lane. Like they just have the quickest hands of any team. The Knicks have played in a while Uh, when it's like Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, um, Bam Adebayo even, even produces some of them. Like that is like their bread and butter is those quick hands producing turnovers. And like Mitch seems to finally be getting it because I feel like every time he got his hands on an offensive rebound, it was back out to the perimeter or in the case of Brunson catching a cutter immediately. And that was really key to the Knicks getting the extra possessions they needed as well. So I just thought Mitch had a a phenomenal game. And, you know, again, we want to talk about returns to form. Like I thought this one for sure was a big return to form for him and felt he felt more like himself from the Cavs series in this game, which is the biggest compliment I could pay him. Yeah. And and look like there's there are just like some infrastructure reasons in terms of like um, and stylistic reasons in terms of how the Cavs play versus how the Heat play like this is not as easy of a series for him defensively. Like um, I, I think it was, it was Benji who was tweeting about this and I totally agree. Like, like Miami does a lot of different stuff. And while, while Mitch just literally like he, he got to be like, I, I don't know if this is a thing, but like the troll in a cave, the dragon in a cave, like whatever, like that's who he got to be against the Cavs, right? He got to like plant himself next to Jared Allen and say like, all right, we are hanging out at the rim. And like, and that's, I, I don't want to undersell what he did against Cleveland because like what he, what he did, like in drop coverage and like taking out two guys at once, like, 
all that was spectacular, but the job was much simpler. The job against Miami is much more complicated. And as I've said since game one, I don't think he's right physically. Like I, and I know Heat fans are giving me the comments. Our guys aren't right physically either. Yeah, that's the playoffs. But Mitch, like I think just because of how he's built and how lanky he is, like there is a, a real fragility there with his lower body. And like Alex, like I, I don't, I don't think he's moving quite the same way. That being said, like, Again, the same same word we said for everyone else, like warrior. Like he fought through it. He got big rebounds. Like in in that, like we, we mentioned the second quarter run that was 18 to 2 and 23 to 5. The Knicks also to start, um, or excuse me, they had eight, 18 to 2 run in the second quarter, 23 to 5 run um in the third after the Heat scored the first bucket of the third quarter. And like Mitch in that stretch, like made play after play defensively, like getting strips, getting rebounds, like really fueled it. And then look, I, I don't know. I could see Miami going like hack a Mitch like early in the game next time to get the Knicks out of rhythm to get Mitch off the floor early. Like I, like we can talk about that in a second, but like, I don't think anything's off the table. Those free throws, like I didn't expect it. Like the dude, like it, it kind of speaks to what a character he is that like, that like this goofy guy, just like, like, I don't know if he fully felt the pressure of it. Like he just came up and goes four for six after struggling all playoffs. So um, shout out to Mitchell Robinson. And yeah, I think we can, we can call it there. And we'll, we're, we're again, we're going to come back um, later today uh, with, with a bonus episode, and cover some more stuff. Yeah, so thank you all for listening to this episode. And we'll be back, uh, let's tentatively say, around like noon with a second episode today. It'll be a little shorter one, but we want to talk about some of the the things that could have gone very wrong in this game that the Knicks can still learn from going into game six and then give sort of an early preview of what we think the Knicks should be doing going into game six. So that's coming up a little later today. But for now, thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Peace out.